0: I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the wonderful sounds of nature. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Rustling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it is episode 226, it is uh, either February 13th or February 14th of 2020, I'm Ethan.
1: And hi, I'm I'm Liam.
0: Uh, Liam, we have so much to talk about this week.
1: And as always, so many things that we cannot and should not talk about.
0: Absolutely not. This past weekend, there was uh, a a New Japan show where nothing really of note happened. It was (laughs) fun, though. Uh, I didn't like that main event, but...
1: Eh. I mean, yeah. I mean, it got good in like the last four minutes.
0: Yeah, the problem is they went 24 minutes.
1: <laughs> Fair. Fair critique. Uh, and
0: so, just not... We were vamping before we went on air here about how there there really isn't a whole lot to discuss this week. Not that that's ever stopped us from filling 40 minutes before. <laughs> With talk talk about like the 1992 Royal Rumble or whatever,
1: but, sure, sure. Uh,
0: they're really. So this was like a status quo week for most of wrestling on on television, maybe with the exception of NXT. And the big NXT takeover uh, Portland show is coming up this Sunday. Interesting experiment running a takeover on a Sunday. Uh, so, but let's get through the rest of kind of the week before we talk about NXT. So Monday Night Raw, uh, there was a vampire <laughs> and um, I was kind of, I was kind of into it. what do you think?
1: Uh, I was less into it. Um, I uh, long time listener may, may know, may know this is uh, spoiler alert. I, I like Shayna Baszler. I think she's really talented. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I don't know that we needed to, uh, sports entertainment her up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know I, and I don't know that this is a fact, but I heard Dave Meltzer say it's that, uh, that this was a Paul Heyman paying tribute to, uh, Freddie Blassie. Um, he was a, uh, he was a (laughs) vampire uh, at some point in his career, I guess, before he was classy. What? Um, (laughs) This is this is according to Dave, David Meltzer, uh, your boss technically.
0: He doesn't he doesn't know who I am. That's true, <laughs> um, but he's
1: still technically your boss. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's what he said. I prefer to think that Vince McMahon uh, has just recently started watching the like 2006 show True Blood, and he's just super into vampires right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: honestly, that seems far more likely to me. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's something. I tell you what, I had the same feeling watching um, that angle play out over the course of the show with Shayna biting Becky, Becky uh, beating up the ambulance driver and driving herself to the local medical facility. And then later in the show, Becky driving the ambulance back from the local medical facility and cutting just this fantastic promo in the ring on Shayna Baszler. I I had not... Had a feeling like that about a WWE angle since like the go home Raw before last year's WrestleMania when they did that wild Ronda Charlotte Becky angle with like police and they're all arrested and wearing ha- handcuffs and beating up yeah. cops. And, but, and and my feeling is very much the same then. It's like this was so wacky, but I think it was really good. So that was my take on, on the thing.
1: Okay, I mean, <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> a very rare disagreement uh, that we have on the show, uh, but I'm also maybe not as invested in the Be- Becky Lynch character as as you or, or other people that watch are. I think um, not. People are, <laughs> and not that I dislike her. Or that I, you know, I I I think she's generally a very entertaining character. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't. She's not one that I like. I live and die with. Um, for whatever reason. And I I thought that the match with Asuka is really good. And I thought, like I said, I thought the angle was very, it was kind of like we're, we're trying to reinvent the wheel when we don't have to mm-hmm. uh, with, with Shayna biting. And maybe that'll just be a one-week thing. Although, again, <laughs> I also, the other part of my brain that just wants everything to be the funniest it possibly can be wants her to like rise out of a coffin next week on the show and have big giant novelty plastic vampire teeth in her mouth.
0: One of Um, those, one of those black capes with the red velvet lining. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now we're talking. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was, it was wacky. I didn't, I, 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 and her coming back on the same show, I was like, all right, well that's your show and she's tough and she's, fired up and she's got a direction for us. I, like on paper, it's just one of those things where if you told me, like on paper, uh, Shayna is gonna <laughs> attack Becky and then later in the show, Becky's gonna come back from the hospital, sorry, local medical facility, and she's just gonna go crazy and cut this great promo. And you know, she's really gonna set you know set it off and we're gonna we're gonna feel like all right, we're off to the races with it. And I would have been like, oh sounds great. Really, really interested in seeing how that plays out. And then they, uh, you know, they had to tell their stories. And I think that it was too. (laughs) Some things that worked in the Attitude Era don't. It it doesn't make sense why they worked. And doing this very wacky blood vampire thing mixed with her stealing, and then Becky Lynch stealing an ambulance and then driving it back to cut the promo. It's it's very wacky and uh, i don't know it did like i said it just didn't it didn't really work for me on that level again on paper i like the idea of becky and shana working together though so uh you know not i didn't enjoy it as much but it's i'm sure it'll be good
0: all right speaking of uh things that can't be explained from the attitude era matt hardy uh (laughs) still in our lives here in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty sure is but uh apparently no no longer on w w e television Jim Ross is openly flirting with him on twitter <laughs> although to be fair Jim Ross openly flirts with most people on twitter it's true so matt Hardy probably done with wwe do you have any thoughts or feelings on the kind of the last Hardy Boys WWE run? <laughs> it just
1: that WrestleMania return sure was cool, huh?
0: Yeah, and that's That
1: that's was the, the peak.
0: The first night in, yeah.
1: <laughs> As it often is for people returning or debuting on WWE television. The first night was the best. Um what? like I don't I don't think it was it was like Catastrophe. Um obviously Jeff getting hurt and arrested and heard and arrested didn't help things, but obviously <laughs> and like I think we all kinda knew that, that Vince wasn't gonna get the broken stuff, right? Like no one ever expected that to oh, yeah. really work out. So like he got to do a couple little things on the network or whatever, and and he got to put his wacky little you that you know, this weird character that he invented for his Twitter and his YouTube channel on, you know, on Raw in front of three million people or whatever. I mean, it's I, hats off to him for getting getting it that far. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I didn't think they even though there was probably merch money and such to be made. I just never thought there was a chance that he was always going to end up back in Hardy Boys gear as <laughs> as he was literally dressed as 1999 Matt Hardy for these last like six months or so that he's been occasionally doing jobs on television. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like that's because that Matt Vince McMahon looks at Matt Hardy and goes, Matt Hardy's a tag team wrestler who does not talk. Right. And maybe that's for, I mean, <laughs> and at probably. certain points he was probably right.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> think think, that,
1: that of Matt Hardy. So I,
0: I, I think he's right about Matt Hardy. <laughs>
1: So like, yeah, I mean, if Matt wants to go somewhere else and be more where they'll let him be more creative and wacky and silly, then good for him. Like he's doesn't seem like he's hurting for money. So, I mean, you should do whatever you think is going to make you the happiest. And and if if you don't need the money, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, remember, I heard an interview with him. I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago, where he said he didn't have to leave his house ever again if he didn't want to Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he was he was set for life i think it helps that you know the family kind of owns that owns that land that they all built houses on or whatever so yeah uh but yeah so hey yeah wishing the best i don't hate matt hardy the way i way i did five years ago maybe because it seems like he's he's finally gotten his life together
1: (laughs) yeah he's a good family man (laughs)
0: wrestling is full of those. Yep. Speaking of, All Elite Wrestling uh <laughs> continues their march towards their Revolution show which takes place on the 29th of February. To me their their television is an interesting interesting experiment because it's like what would happen if we put Monday Nitro in 1980 1980- eight WWF where we have four pay-per-views a year. And yet we still had, uh, you know, 52 weeks or 51 weeks of television to do, but we only are building towards three or four big shows. It's really kind of weird. And there are weeks kind of like this week where it's like, okay, yep, this is, you know, they're clearly, this is just another show on the road to their destination. And actually, I think the ratings kind of reflected that this week. Yeah. But I don't know. Those just kind of big-picture thoughts on AEW. I like the show a lot better than I liked last week's show. What did you think of... uh... That's right, we didn't do a show last week. I kind of buried every single angle on the show last week. And this week, only a couple little things bother me. And even those I like the idea of. It was just the execution that bugged me some. But Mm -hmm. uh, just what do you think overall in the last couple of weeks at AEW television here?
1: I think more more good than bad for the most part. Um, I agreed with your uh, with your assertion that it didn't really make sense why you were having Santana, uh, you know, who's supposed to be a heel. Um, a heel going against your top baby face. Um, <laughs> right. I right. cut a promo about his, his recently deceased father and how, you know, his dad gave him perspective when he was down in his life and 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 things like that and, uh, and g- gave us real... I mean, it, it occurred to me watching, I was like, man, Santana and Ortiz are going to be great babyface tag team one day. <laughs> like, one day they're going to probably, like, turn on Jericho and it's going to be great. But, like, or one of them will at least. Uh, and I bet it'll be great. But, like, as of now, I didn't really see the point in doing that interview now. Um, and if you wanted to do it on the road to shows that they put up on YouTube or something. I think that's fine. If you're just trying to introduce the smart fans to who these people are as actual people, that's one thing, but I, I don't know if you're, if that made sense to put that on your, on your regular wrestling show. Um, yeah, 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 I, yeah <laughs> like as far as like the last couple of weeks, the, the stuff with Cody getting whipped, um, I did not have the great emotional reaction to it that a lot of people seem to have to. I thought it was compelling. I thought everyone acted very well in it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, yeah. Like we're left with MJF is a jerk and Cody's a good guy. Like, <laughs> which we kind of already knew. He's and
0: a good family of, man. Yeah. Like, and
1: it, and like, I like like it was nice and sweet that like one by one, like his brother comes out to try to and offers to take the lashes for him and then the young bucks tell him you you don't have to do this you can just it's he's not worth it and then his wife comes down and you think she's going to try to tell him talk him out of it but actually she tells him no no you just got one more you can do it and he takes it and and then mjf is mad that cody managed to withstand it and he kicks him in the balls and runs away like <laughs> i'm not saying it was bad for the record i thought it was a good segment but i didn't I you know when I when I heard people say this is the best segment on television in years or it's the best AEW segment ever I was like to me like that Cody promo he cut on Jericho like on like the third or fourth week of television is still like that's the best thing I've seen from Cody and this was good and it reinforces who's the good guy and the bad guy there's no doubt about that and that's fine uh, similarly, on this week's show, MJF had a match and he like yelled at Brandy Rhodes <laughs> to remind everyone that he's a jerk. Like, and that's fine. But to your point, would it maybe be better if instead of going straight from like j- starting on like January 1st building to a show that's two months away, <laughs> maybe you'd build to like a big TV show and you could have had maybe Jericho defend the belt against. Pack or somebody or Darby Allen or somebody on a, on TV, and then you you know starting the last week of January you really start ramping up the build.
0: Yeah, that's the thing that kind of worries me is that very clearly, I mean, just there were two title matches on this on on AEW Dynamite this week. There's another title match on AEW Dynamite next week, and none of these really play into the the pay per view or the destination. It's like right. yes, I I would much prefer as you just said, okay, clearly they're very uh they're very big on this Atlanta show that's coming up uh, this coming week. Uh, so if that, you know I would I would like them to just pick a show like that and build towards it sometimes. But I think they're stuck in I think they think they're WCW in the Monday Night War, and (laughs) they don't realize that, first of all, we're all fighting over a pool of like 1.5 million viewers here on Wednesday nights. (laughs) And it makes very little difference what you do, I think.
1: (laughs) Seems that way. Like, barring a few aberrations here and there or bringing the entire main roster to nxt one week like we've kind of been sitting around the same numbers for a while now it's like they're gonna be somewhere between like you know low nine hundred thousands, and nxt is gonna be like 750 and that's it like yeah. and like i and my impression is that like if you're talking about like segments that added viewers from the previous segment that's obviously a different conversation my understanding is that the Cody segment did well in that way, but did it do like it's not like two million people or you know, or a hundred thousand people switch channels when they heard Cody and MJF were in the ring. Right. So it's I don't know I don't I, I I get what you're saying like just maybe just do your show and again I, to be clear it feels like we're we're being negative like it was a fine show this week it was there was nothing terrible or made you want to pull your hair out or anything. But it, yeah, it was just like, okay. Well, what else what else you got, I guess. Right. I think yeah. I think Omega and Hangman versus the Lucha Bros. that sounds like a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to that, but you know, that that I don't know. Like I said, I think most of the Cody and MJF stuff has been entertaining. The Moxley and Jericho stuff is entertaining, but when you've been planting the seeds in this since like the third week of December, <laughs> it's like, all right. Let's get on with it. It's time yeah. to I'm ready to see what the next chapter is. Yes,
0: I I agree wholeheartedly. All right, uh, NXT TakeOver Portland coming up this Sunday, as we mentioned. I really look forward to watching NXT every week because at, after I've watched Dynamite and have had to type everything that i've seen for two straight hours so i always kind of feel like i just got off a uh roller coaster uh or i just drank like 30 shots of espresso or something and watching nxt just kind of helps me decompress and i really enjoy it every week and so for that reason i really enjoyed nxt television this week um Kushida and finn bauer had a pretty good match uh dakota kai and um aunt candace had a pretty good match and i don't know why i'm i don't know why i do that she's a nice lady <laughs> but
1: she's awesome
0: uh, uh bianca belair had a squash and a good promo i mean there was it's just it's very good very solid wrestling uh, any thoughts on xc in general this week
1: I thought it was a fine show from what I saw. I didn't see the whole show, but I did watch uh, Candace and, and Dakota Kai. What? And we can get into this as we talk about the show, so I don't want to do my soapbox here, but um, I don't, I, I don't, actually, I'm going to do a different soapbox here. Uh, <laughs> I think Candace Lurie is really good, and it bothers me that it doesn't appear that the people in charge of NXT see her like that. Because I would very if when there are talents that come along that I actually am really could see myself getting very invested in, (laughs) because that's kind of what you want out of wrestling. Like you want to have some favorites (laughs) that you like live and die with, and you're really excited to see them on TV, and you root for them, and you buy their shirts, and you're happy when they win, and you're sad when they lose,
0: and you pay eight hundred dollars to get your photo taken with them.
1: Okay, well, maybe not every maybe not in every case, but yeah, sure, that's right. You want to invest. Yeah. These are characters you want to invest the same way you invest in any other television series or movie or comic book or whatever. Right. It's frustrating when you watch someone that you see and you believe, whether or not, and again, it's all subjective. Someone can tell me I'm wrong. Candice LeRae sucks. Fine. In my opinion, she is very good and could be, and should be treated as like something special even if it's an underdog character who loses a lot at least you kind of know there's a point like generally if someone has is like an underdog in NXT it usually feels like there's a point and it's going to eventually come back around and they're going to get the big win i don't really feel that when i watch candles right just like lose on tv it feels like they're just like well she's she's a good hand and just send out whatever pers- whatever woman just turned heel to have a match with her and beat her and that bums me out because it's kind of the same way I feel when I watch I mean they're kind of doing something wacky and fun with them right now but it's like I've been watching Matt Riddle just kind of tread water or how I felt watching Keith Lee for most of the last year before he had that great Survivor Series like it's like man these people are so talented and like do they just not see it and it's like well I want to invest in these people but I like, what's the point of getting and I can't live and die with someone who's just kind of floating? You know, does that yeah. make sense? This is like, and I, like this isn't because like I don't hate Dakota Kai or I'm not it isn't like this week set this off for me, but I just had that thought watching that match, being like, why the hell is Candice LeRae just like losing in a random TV match? Like she, she, to- she should
0: she's the tv program for everybody on the way to their takeover match
1: <laughs> yeah like and it's like she's not in the, god bless him but like she shouldn't be in the cashsono role she shouldn't be in that role i don't think and that's kind of it's i but at least like he got to turn heel and now he has like a wacky character on nxt uk i don't watch it but i see twitter clips and <laughs> um where you're like refers to himself as the greatest british wrestler of all time and stuff (laughs) um like because that's funny and he's like like his gimmick is that he's like a pedantic annoying internet wrestling fan (laughs) um he he, he, i mean he yeah
0: yeah.
1: lives the gimmick bro but uh that that to me is like man it's it's like that and again it's like and I don't want it to just turn into, oh, sour grapes because they're not pushing the person you... Like, the character you like. It's like... Right. Just on a personal note, because it's, you know, this sh- can be a very personal form of entertainment. The people... Most of the people that I really like in WWE, I can't invest in because I know that they're just kind of going to float around and tread water.
0: It's a, it's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. I, I never understood... Ten years ago, why they didn't sign Candice Candace loray, and now, when she was uh younger and blonder, and now it's ten years later, and she has very strong bomb energy, and maybe they see it the same way and so they decided that the role for her is the t v program for people that they uh want to push i you know it's hard hard truth life is not fair uh and you know. Who the hell knows? Maybe she's happy in that role. You know, she gets to work with her husband. They get to live in Florida. I'm sure they're um, not on the same basic uh, starting out developmental contract that everybody else is. I'm sure they're well taken care of. Uh, get their road expenses paid when they go on the road. Like, there are worse lives if that's yeah, okay. what they want out of life. Okay,
1: for so Ethan, this is about me and what I like <laughs> and what I want. And it's very rude of you to interrupt me complaining about what I don't like to tell me that they're probably enjoying <laughs> their lives.
0: <laughs> well, yes, I apologize, my friend. That is <laughs> very rude of me. I'm sorry.
1: Look, I, like I don't know. Like it just hit me this week. It's like you know Daniel Bryan might be my favorite wrestler ever, and I pretty much never watch SmackDown. It's like. I don't think he's going to be doing anything particularly interesting or fun. So why would I, why would I watch it?
0: My favorite wrestler is Sasha Banks, and she's on SmackDown. And I haven't watched SmackDown in a month because she's not on SmackDown. <laughs> so,
1: but like, were you watching it religiously to see her come out and stand in the corner while Bailey wrestled? Like, was that worth it to you?
0: I would. Mm, I would say. It was flip a coin whether or not I would watch the show knowing that that was the likely the outcome. Now that she's been off TV for a month or whatever, no, I just have not been watching SmackDown. <laughs> that that and well, because... Well,
1: I mean, 50% to zero is a significant, <laughs> you know, downward yes. shift. So she <laughs> clearly meant something to your viewing patterns.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and... I don't know. Just generally, I think Raw's raw more interesting at least in that they're giving you things that are not baron corbin versus roman reigns again
1: <laughs> didn't so, they start that the build for that feud during the build to the last saudi show
0: i Were honestly on,
1: wasn't roman on team hogan and corbin on team flair
0: i honestly don't remember i i i don't remember I don't remember Dynamite from Wednesday. I, That's fair. <laughs> like,
1: I just I just know that they've been feuding since, like... I know they were already, like, starting the feud around Survivor Series, which was November. Because they were, like, arguing with each other, and they were on the same Survivor Series team. Well, I just don't know, like... No feuds ever get blown off in WWE. <laughs> like, no. Just one week, they just... Someone else comes out to interrupt their promo. Right. Right.
0: Or the same people you they do what you think is a blow off and then the same people just wrestle again
1: <laughs> like, like roman beating him clean in a gimmick match at the pay-per-view and then beating him again in a six-man tag with his buddies and pouring dog food all over his head in revenge for baron pouring dog food on him two months earlier that certainly certainly seemed like that was the end yeah yet,
0: what's, a, what's a blow off anymore it's like now we got to do a cage match <laughs> why
1: right <sighs> all and, right, let's talk
0: about and, this. <laughs> and knowing at least who the number one influencers are allegedly on each brand, knowing that Paul Heyman for for all of his faults, many of which are on full display every week on Monday Night Raw, yes, he at least has in mind. Uh, okay, we need to lay some groundwork and make some stars here, and you you can at least see the framework for some of that on raw they're yeah. at least trying whereas smackdown with bruce pritchard in charge who's just a save save your own ass <laughs> let me just get through this week <laughs> mentality and you get roman reigns baron corbin friggin' dolph ziggler's been on my television for 15 years <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like, like uh
0: and uh yeah but hey otis and mandy are going on a date uh this week so that's cool
1: yeah it's gonna end with her making fun of him for thinking that someone that looks like her would ever go out with him i'm pretty sure and then she's gonna cut a promo about how hot she is next week and uh they'll pair her with like i don't know probably baron corbin or somebody
0: what if they go on well i mean i can think of worse things I said on this show, like, four years ago that Baron Corbin needed a female heater. Yes.
1: But, like, preferably one that could talk would be good.
0: Right. I said Alexa Bliss was for the, like, person for that role for him four years uh, ago. Oh, yeah.
1: I do remember you saying that.
0: <laughs> I still think it would work. <laughs> but...
1: Well, you know, Alexa's busy, um... Um... <laughs> Uh well, you know, those six women tags on, on the second match on the house shows. You know, those don't those are a lot there's a lot of work go, a lot of prep work goes into that. She's busy.
0: Sure. Sure. All right, the NXT show. Uh <laughs> Kotokai, Tiganok, street fight. They've done a lot of what I thought were the last angle in the build for this. Like four times mm-hmm. I thought, Well, that's the last angle. And then they do another one next week. But it's basically just them trading, like, assaulting each other. <laughs> um, I could have done think... maybe, maybe with one less of those. Like, mm. Tegan, Tegan jumped Dakota Kai this week. <laughs> but
1: did, over, did, overall, did, I like this. Did Tegan not beat Dakota, like, two weeks ago on NXT? <sighs> Hit her in the face with a knee brace and pinned her, and you got mad at me because I spoiled the show for you on this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And now they're just having another match. Because well, the heel, because the baby face cheated and her friend ran down. Yeah. And so now the heel is demanding a rematch with no rules so that yeah. she can get her revenge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I've totally forgot about that. Hey, it's a street fight.
1: You know. But look, I'm sure it'll be a very good match.
0: Can, can, I tell, can I tell you how feuds are supposed to go, everybody? The heel's supposed to win the first match in some kind of screwy way. And then, the baby face, and then the babyface, and then the babyface wins the second one, and then the babyface wins the third one. So,
1: if this or is... if you if you only want to do one match, then you just don't <laughs> do a. You don't just if you're only going to do like one big match. Don't yeah. be like, well, the heel's going to win the big match, so we'll let the babyface win like a smaller match on TV to protect right. them when they lose <laughs> the big one. It's like that's so <laughs> stupid and counterproductive. If anything if Dakota's, like, you want to push her and she's going to be, like, a title contender or something down the road, she should win both matches. She should just beat everybody. Right. Like, I don't this isn't, and, like, this is NXT. This is where things usually make sense, but that this feud has not, like, I don't has Dakota beaten anybody? Like, she went to, like, a no contest with Mia Yim and then a no contest with Candace. She did beat Candace this week, to my chagrin. And yeah. then, and then, yeah, now that she's back feuding with the babyface who already got her revenge.
0: She beat her auntie this week, and then uh, I'm very conflicted about Tegan Knox because uh, I'm a fan, but the Lady Kane uh, stuff obviously is very problematic for me personally. <laughs> are
1: we gonna are we gonna have to cancel Tegan Knox if she goes for that choke slam?
0: If Not she wins yet. a
1: match with the choke slam, will you cancel <laughs> Tegan Knox on the show?
0: No, no. Now, if she if she dresses up like him for Halloween again this year, <laughs> maybe.
1: All right. Well, moving on.
0: <laughs> Keith Lee uh, Dominic Dijakovic for the NXT North America title. Uh, these are two big hosses. They're gonna have a big hoss fight.
1: Yeah, but then they're also gonna do like moon and Canadian Sp- destroyers and stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's, Sp- they,
0: Spanish flies. Had-
1: oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I've seen this match a bunch, but it's always, pr- always uh, pretty good. So I am I think this will be fun.
0: Yeah, no complaints. Uh, the Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights. They did some <laughs> Broserweights vignettes straight out in 1987 <laughs> on NXT TV this week. I felt like I
1: Borash's know. fingers were all over that stuff.
0: Hey, they were corny, but... I didn't they hate them.
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah. hate them. Yeah, I thought they were fun. They were really funny, and like, I like that this team. It isn't the usual like WWE tag team partners or strange bedfellows and they hate each other and they argue all the time. <laughs> like they don't. It's like they shouldn't. It's like on paper they shouldn't be friends, but like they. But like Pete Dunn's like, so we're gonna drive a car, huh? And then he just gets in the car and drives with them because like, they're still buddies. <laughs> even though, like, he plays cool. Like, yeah. this big, goofy stoner and this angry, serious British man are, uh, they're, like, they're still, they're, like, they're still buddies, even though they're complete opposites in personality. I like it. It's fun.
0: Every time, uh, Matt Riddle calls him a silly goose, I... <laughs> I roll on the floor laughing.
1: <laughs> it's very good. I like when, he was, when, they were, when Pete was driving on the wrong side of the road. Yes. And, and, and uh, Matt said, we're not in foggy London town. And yes. Pete done as deadpan as possible, turned to him and goes, I'm not even from London. <laughs> I, I died. It was great. Yeah. This is really fun. They're a really fun team. I think they should win the belts and be a team for a while.
0: Sure, why not? I mean, had, I mean, you put two singles guys like that together, though. To break them up and have one turn on the other, right? I mean, that's why you put. I mean, it's kind of their formula for the dusty, the dusty classic every year, right? Yes,
1: that's true. I don't know. Just give them the tag belts for a little bit before you break them up.
0: I'm yeah, I'm okay with that.
1: Okay Look, with that. Like Bob Fish and his son Kyle have had those belts long enough, and they can they can trade them back and forth for a while.
0: Yeah. Finn Bauer, Johnny Gargano, Gargano had a TV match this week with uh, what's his name the the, the, the The dirty fellow. Uh, Cameron Uh, Grimes. His name
1: was Trevor. I was gonna say, I know his real, his indie name was Trevor Lee, and then he got an NXT name that, like, it's it's much like Punishment Martinez's name. Like, I know that they don't go by those names anymore, but I, like, I can never think of what their NXT names are, and I refuse to Google it. Right.
0: I just know that he looks very, uh, dirty and unkempt.
1: Yes, grime. Perhaps he's, he's a little grimy yeah that why he gets it, the name
0: it fits right and he anywhere it was trained by the Hardys. oh
1: uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that all' it's all it's all coming together
0: grimy uh he also doesn't shave his pits which like whatever man I'm not gonna tell anybody what they should do with their body hair but when like you're the one guy who doesn't shave your chest or shave your armpits kind of sticks out you know
1: yeah. I don't know. I, hope, I guess he thinks it sticks out the right way. Anyway, Johnny Gargano's wrestling Finn Balor. <laughs> um, anyway, Gar- I was just
0: brought that up because Gargano had a hell of a match on TV this week, and the first time like he's wrestled uh, in a match that wasn't at a takeover in forever.
1: Yeah. I guess uh, he had that... Uh, what do they call concussions? They call them neck injuries or something, or shoulder <laughs> injuries now?
0: <laughs> well, it's it's weird, though, because everybody does have shoulder injuries because... Everybody does crossfit now and crossfit makes you look amazing but it ruins your shoulders.
1: <laughs> yes. I imagine like the Daniel Bryan style bumping on your on the top of your back and shoulders and neck probably has also not been great for people. Like I don't I don't he I'm sure he's not the only one who sort of helped to pioneer that but like man like a lot of guys bump on their upper backs or you know the tops of their shoulders. Well
0: And there's a point here, too, that uh, I heard Lance Storm make one time where he's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you you know, you should put short people that should get pushed exactly the same. But it's like, you know, there's a lot of short people in WWE that get hurt an awful lot. And Sasha Banks, Daniel Bryan, and Johnny Gargano are all (laughs) somewhere in the 5'6 to 5'8 range. (laughs) And they all bump very high on their shoulders and necks and they all miss a lot of time with injuries so (laughs) there's there's something to that
1: sure anyway i think the match will be good (laughs) yeah i don't know like as have you enjoyed finn balor as as a heel
0: i feel like i enjoyed it when he was on the show i don't feel like i've seen him for for quite some time
1: well, he's off. He's off. Uh, you know, living, living, living life, loving life with his with his wife. You know, he's a wife. He's, that was how you cemented the twi- The heel turn was in when he became a wife guy.
0: He's a social media influencer now.
1: Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of posts about how much he loves his wife. Like that's he's an, that's that's a surefire <laughs> way to be a heel.
0: He's an Instagram model first and a wrestler second now. Correct. I don't know, like. It's better than when he was smiling, Finn Balor on the main roster and getting and getting jobbed out every week.
1: Sure, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I think it's been good, but also it's like, much like a lot of people in NXT, as we've talked about throughout this show, uh, it's like, okay, if he's not going to be the world champion, I mean, I guess you could feed him, you could pair him off with Keith Lee or somebody for a while, but just feels like the top of that that NXT card is like once you've done those big matches we have to kind of keep recycling stuff there so it's like i don't know like long-term heel finn balor in nxt i don't i don't know maybe it's just maybe once and if they had like long-term babyface champions <laughs> maybe it would make because then you would have to cycle heels in and out but because the heel because the triple h promotion and the heels are champions 99 percent of the time it's like well what's another heel gonna do on the show as long as adam cole is on the show Right.
0: It's, that's, that's a fair point I mean just to me the inclusion of this match on takeover kind of would indicate that one of these guys is gonna go after the title next, so does that mean Champa wins Champa wins the uh, the uh, the NXT title and then defends against uh Balor? I you know I don't know anyway, yeah, a, lot of, I mean, a lot of different ways they can go here definitely. Alright, um, so we mentioned it, uh, Cole and Champa for the NXT title. Cole and Kashida had a match in the main event of NXT this week that felt like they had an eight-minute match planned, and then they were told when they got it out there, actually, you guys need to go 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Like, it was good, but there was also a lot of padding. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, Cole's defending his title against Champa this week. Champa coming back from neck surgery. It's babyface. It's Triple H promotion. He likes heels, but the babyface usually does at least get a short term win. Uh, does Champa get the title here?
1: Yeah, I can see it. Um, just because if we do the reverse situation and Cole retains, uh, to your point, like who do, who do you have? <laughs> ready for for Cole like Keith Lee's the North American champion um I mean I guess you could turn Roddy or something if you wanted to or I guess you have Velveteen Dream back as well but none like I don't know like to me it makes more sense to change the title here and then you you have Balor and you have the other Undisputed Era guys and you have whoever else that you can you can pair with Ciampa for a while and then uh, eventually, you can put the belt back on Balor, or whatever you want to do, or back on Cole. Like, but yeah, I I, I would say if it were me, um, Paul wants to give me a call. Give him, a, I'll give him this <laughs> advice. I would change, I would change the belt here.
0: We got to get you on those media calls so you you can talk to Paul directly.
1: Paul, I have a question. <laughs> Why did you put champo on the main roster when you said you knew he needed a neck surgery? Yeah. Hello, uh, hello, Paul. <laughs> I seem to have been disconnected.
0: All right. And finally, the women's title match. I mean, the fact that Charlotte Flair is going to NXT and Rhea Ripley is going to Raw every week. And, uh, I mean, the, that's the WrestleMania match. I mean, I think we know the finish here. Which, to me, I mean, the first time I saw Rhea Ripley ever, I was like, that she's going to be a giant star. And here we are three years later, and I still feel like she's missing something. <laughs> Whereas I feel Bianca Belair is a more complete performer right now. But obviously, they, they, obviously they've made their decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, I, they've tipped their hand by starting the other program <laughs> while well, this one is still going on, right?
1: Yeah. I I think that's, I don't, I don't know whether the reason it would be very weird to have Bianca win the belt after you uh, started (laughs) another feud um, three weeks prior, but yeah, I I generally agree with you. I think Bianca is a, as complete, maybe she doesn't, she doesn't have a great, she doesn't hit home run every time she's in the ring, but hey, neither does Rhea Ripley. And I think Bianca's a much better talker, and I think she has a better idea of who she is and who that character is. And Rhea obviously has a very striking look and she has a, you know, a good uh, and she is a, a good worker and all that, and she connects with the crowd to a certain extent. But I do I do I do kind of agree with you that uh that uh, Bianca is maybe the more complete one. But no, I don't I don't think Bianca's winning here, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I imagine Rhea, Rhea will win, and then Charlotte will either be in the crowd, or she'll run down, or she'll appear on the stage or something, and you'll do a stare down.
0: And then they'll probably just do it again on Raw the next night. Like, Rhea Ripley was just on Raw this week.
1: Yeah, she just had a match. <laughs> yeah. Was that an invading, invading match? Was that an NXT referee that sanctioned that match?
0: They, they explained that it was uns, unsanctioned, but why? So why is the ref in the ring? that's the problem with all unsanctioned matches by the way like Triple H and Shawn Michaels 2002 SummerSlam unsanctioned match Earl Hebner with the referee with the big WWE logo on the shirt Right. (laughs) it's
1: like if you want to think if you're like I personally am paying this referee to count pins or count a submission and so he has to take and you can even make a big production of it he comes out not in the WWE striped shirt he just comes out in like a t-shirt or whatever and, and But no, they just have a WWE official in the ring counting, counting pinfalls. And as, we, as we're told, it's an unsanctioned match.
0: Hey, <sighs> AEW does the lights out match, which I'm sure where they flicker the, flick the lights off briefly and then turn them right back on, which yes. I'm sure comes from Tony Khan playing with action figures and flipping the light switch <laughs> on and off in his bedroom when he was a child. I, I don't know that. I would be willing to bet a significant amount of money, but that's where that came (laughs) from.
1: (laughs) I love it. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, the lights out match also makes no sense. Unsanctioned matches don't make sense. Um, every once in a while, they'll do something where like, I remember Batista once doing something where he did a hold harmless agreement where he was like, you like, he was Rey Mysterio. He's like, you and nor WWE can sue me if I kill you in this match. (laughs) And Ray is like, all right, I'll sign the contract. And you're like, okay, that's different. When you go, the company is literally saying, no, we want no part of this. We're, why are you letting them do it in your ring on your television show? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yes.
0: N- yes. None of this makes sense. Like
1: there's a way to do the, this match is so, imp- it's going to be so brutal and vicious that the company doesn't want to be held liable for it. Like, okay, there's a way to do that without going, it's unsanctioned. I don't right. know. We're, we've, we spun <laughs> off into another weird trail
0: yes. here but yes yes we certainly have just before we're about to say goodbye yes all right um anything else
1: uh, no that's it. <laughs> let's take it on home before all right. i think of something
0: tony Khan playing with toys in his bedroom <laughs> i always knew we'd discuss that on this show all right uh thanks for listening everyone if you enjoy the show tell a friend uh, follow liam on twitter if you don't like it tell an enemy Follow Liam on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast. Uh, Read my stuff at WrestlingObserver.com. And until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple
0: Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Can you explain to me the process for nominating someone for uh, president? and how come there's just n- no one just wins a state primary anymore and why you only get individual delegates
1: uh it's a, it's a great question um and in fact uh presidential candidate uh mayor mayor, mayor pete buddha um <laughs> agrees with you as he said in a 2018 uh rally where he said that he really thinks that whoever gets the most votes should just win outright, and that there shouldn't <laughs> be any sort of con- uh, you know convoluted uh, extra you know jerking around with it. And, right. Uh, right, right. Um,
0: but now he stands to benefit from things being the other way.
1: <laughs> yes, weird. Weird <laughs> how someone might change their views or uh, evolve their positions on something when they find out that it might help them be more successful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I, it doesn't. It's do both not, part, Do both parties do this? I think so. Yeah. I mean, of... I knew because oh, because even last time when when Sanders like upset Hillary in Michigan, he did it by such a small amount that like they either had the same amount or like she may have even ended up with more de- delegates by the end of it. So like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I was like, okay. Bernie got 6,000 more votes in Iowa, and yet Pete ended up with more delegates at the end of it, because (laughs) in certain districts, when it's too close to call, they just flip a coin, literally just flip a coin. Yeah. Um, And that seems like the stupidest thing imaginable. Um, And unless there is a literal tie, in which case you would just say, let's have an even number of delegates, therefore we can split them evenly between the two people that tied. But we don't we don't really do that either. We flip coins.
0: Mm. That sounds pretty terrible. Yeah. So are Warren and Bur- Warren and Biden are
1: dead. Looks. I mean, I think Warren. I don't see that there's a path for Warren to get this nomination. I just don't. I don't see it. She doesn't. Her campaign does not have the f- financing that any of the other front runners have. And also her, her peak was unfortunately (laughs) for her, like three months before the first primary. Uh So it's like, I don't, unless she has some grand, great moment at one of these debates or something, or, you know, somebody else, but it's also like, that that's like a question they ask people sometimes in polling is like, who would your second choice be? and like the overwhelming favorite for second choice for biden supporters is bernie and same with warren supporters i don't and i think warren's the number 2 choice for bernie so i guess in a scenario where he has some sort of health issue and drops out that's mm-hmm. that maybe is her is her ticket but failing that i really don't see that there's any way that warren gets this nomination and well no one that has won the, the Democratic primary like ever has ever uh, not come in either first or second in New Hampshire and Iowa, or at least not recently. Um, okay. And he, uh, fun fact about Joe Biden is that uh, he's never finished better than fourth in a presidential <laughs> primary ever. <laughs> um, now I think that might change, um, and for his sake, you'd better hope it does. But um, I mean, the fact that like. It's funny because, like, there is something to that, like, the talking point that's been, like, beaten over the – everyone over the head with this week is that, oh, maybe, like, Pete and Biden and Klobuchar and even Warren now to an extent are all kind of all going for the same people. Like, the people that are afraid of Bernie or that – and that don't like Bloomberg or whatever – like, right. that—that's who they're all going for at once. And right. Pete, uh, I think, has <laughs> deeper pockets based on the fact that more billionaires donate to him than anyone else. Um, it's just strange
0: because he has very small pants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, And yeah, I think so. It's like Biden. I mean, I I do think like sounds like Michael Cole, like building momentum is important, like finishing second in Iowa and in New Hampshire is good for Pete, because now I think people that were maybe leaning more Biden, the people that have just been beaten over the head with electability, the mythical electability of of all of these different candidates and they think well they thought that was biden but now that pete's coming closer it's like well maybe pete's actually the more electable one than biden um but i don't know i mean biden still has more african-american support than well i mean more than zero if he has one it's more than (laughs) what pete has but um neither you know klobuchar doesn't have a lot of money or a particularly good organization from what i've read <laughs> so i don't think i think this might be the highest she gets is third in new hampshire but um so it's like i think it's, it's probably like gun to my head right now it's still like it's bernie and pete and biden's biden would have to make quite a comeback in the next few weeks to get back into that mix huh.
0: It seems much more likely to me that Biden is at some point going to utter a racial slur during a debate than it is that he climbs back into this.
1: (laughs) I I was listening to a a podcast this week where they were talking about, like, the one thing that kind of makes me want to see, because if you, like, watch video of Joe Biden when someone, like, asks him a question he doesn't like, he Uh starts, like, aggressively fixing their jackets and, like, zipping them (laughs) up and poking them in the chest. And, I'm like, if he got on a debate stage with Donald Trump and they got in an argument and, like, Donald Trump called him a name, I don't think... There's a non-zero chance that Joe Biden would just hit him. (laughs) Like, and for that reason, I'm thinking about supporting (laughs) Joe Biden for president. I don't know. I don't think he would win that election, but I do think there's a small chance he would actually just hit Donald Trump. (laughs) Now, I don't... I just... I just, like people have eyes man and if you like even two years ago by last election biden like he's not he doesn't have it like he can't finish a sentence no like and so if you're if you're going for i want a safe middle of the road candidate because i think that's what i want out of my politics or because all i really care about is beating trump and i think the moderates how we do that like i think you're going to look at at Pete for that, and maybe to a lesser extent, Warren or Klobuchar, and it's like, not the guy who can't finish a freaking sentence. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. sighs>
0: I I thought he was very, um, when he was exp- he was on Colbert like five years ago explaining why he wasn't going to run in sixteen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought he was very eloquent, like, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, I don't really. I don't live and breathe and die with this stuff. So I was kind of a fan five years ago. Sure. (laughs) And I thought he was very eloquent in explaining why he wasn't going to run in 16. And it's like he can't get any. There's been a steep decline. (laughs) Yes.
1: That's important. And like there's been plenty of articles written. And the book that was written about Clinton's campaign in 16 was like how terrified they were of him jumping into the race and how they you know, put a lot of resources into trying to convince him not to run. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, and it's like, I think he would have probably won if he ran 16, maybe yeah. you won the whole damn thing. Like, because I think yeah. most, most other people that weren't Hillary Clinton would have won <laughs> in 16 over Trump. So it's like, but I, and I think he feels because I mean, I, there's a part of me that's like, whatever you think of Joe Biden, I think he comes by a lot of what he thinks and says, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, and that's, that's the problem.
1: <laughs> and it's, well, yeah, that's like the good and the bad, but like when he talks about how he thinks Trump is an aberration and we just need to get things back where we were. Like, I think he feels guilty for not running because I yeah. think he knows he was, he could have won and he know he thinks that he believes that and he probably feels like guilt or a little bit of blame for for not you know nutting up and and getting in the race and rolling up my sleeves you know like i think he i think that bothers him um and that and and i'm sure part of it is also that you know he doesn't want the party to go he thinks the party is going to left wing or something which is laughable but (laughs) um so i'm sure there's part of it too. but i really think that's the fact that that was like his campaign when he announced his president his you know that he was going to run for president. That was most of his first campaign was just about how, like, we just need to hit the reset button, folks. Like, we just need to get (laughs) back where we were. And, (laughs) like, I think he honestly believes that. And I think he, like, he probably feels a little bit of blame on himself for where the world is at the moment. And he thinks this is, like, this time there's no excuses. I got to run and I got to be the one to set it right. Right.
0: Well, the problem is party's over, Grandpa. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, time time passes and people time makes a fool of all of us. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately,
1: and and it's and like like you said said was like I think we all and I don't usually I know we don't usually like directly address the listener in this part of the show but like (laughs) I think we all have probably if we had a grandparent or somebody that like was really sharp and smart and eloquent and then they just started to slow down when they got a little older and it was sad and a little and you could see them getting frustrated with themselves Mm -hmm. because their mouths couldn't move as fast as their brains thought anymore Mm -hmm. like that's what it looks like to joe like when i look at joe Biden, it's like like i'm sure in his head it all still makes sense but like it just fumbles out of his mouth and he can't And then he gets a new thought and just starts talking about that. And then he just (laughs) goes, and then when people cheer for him, he goes, no, come on, I'm serious. And like, I just like, (laughs) I don't know, man, like, it's like, it's, it's a little sad. And like, not that I have like a great deal of respect or admiration of (laughs) establishment democratic (laughs) politicians who were pro segregation and, and, you know, made it very hard for people to get rid of credit card debt, but Um it is like there's something to that just looking at it as like as a human being like he was sharp and smart and knew how and like knew how the game was played knew how to right. go on tv and giving an engaging speech and now he uh yeah he, uh he, like he can yeah. now he can't string two thoughts together like it is sad in that way yeah yeah
0: yeah there are no periods in his sentences anymore they, yeah. <laughs> they just they just come speaking of which we've been talking now for 14 minutes <laughs>
1: I try to keep on keeping on.